Hello, and welcome to the Golden State Warriors Basketball Podcast. Today is Monday, October 4th, and I'm your host, Sam Orlick. So we're going to be talking about the Golden State Warriors, what they did over the summer, the new additions to the team, both in free agency and via the draft, a little bit of injury recap for Clay Thompson and James Wiseman, and some things that I'll be looking for in the preseason opener for the Warriors against the Trailblazers. So let's start with some summer news. So going back to the end of last season in what was seeming to be a very disappointing season for the Warriors until Steph Curry Steph Curry's brilliance came to light and he led the team to the play-in tournament where unfortunately they lost to the Lakers and the Grizzlies but showed a lot of promise for a team that basically was running a seven-man rotation without a true center. So although there were a lot of disappointing losses and obviously not making the playoffs yet again seemingly frustrated fans even more after such a historic dynastic run that this team had but no fear because there's still more left in the tank the warriors came out of last year going into the draft and using their seventh pick via minnesota from the D'Angelo Russell-Anthony-Andrew Wiggins trade, acquired Jonathan Kaminga, and through the lottery with their 14th pick, they picked up Moses Moody. So, what is the deal with these guys? Well, first of all, there was a little bit of controversy because a lot of people expected the Warriors to trade for Ben Simmons and wanted the Warriors to facilitate some type of draft day deal to net a star like Beal or Simmons. However, the Warriors did not. Trade talks did not really advance much past just initial talks. (laughs) And so they found themselves with two very intriguing but very young players. Jonathan Kaminga has tremendous size and Moses Moody figures to be your prototypical 3 and D type of wing. However, these players are 18 and 19 years old, respectively, and one could say, what can you reasonably expect from 18 and 19 year olds for a Warriors team that has championship aspirations and wanting to not waste, quote unquote waste, the prime of Stephen Curry? So... The franchise is in a very interesting place. You have people who think that they should go all in for a star and win now. You have those who are looking to the future and wanting to kind of replicate the Spurs model of sustained success by continuously developing players. So I think that Personally, my take on Kaminga and Moody are, after watching them in Summer League, that these guys can play. 
And while it's unclear how productive they will be in an NBA season in their first year as rookies for the Golden State Warriors, I think that these players have a lot to offer for the future of the Warriors and could potentially crack the rotation and play meaningful minutes as the end of a 10-man rotation. Kaminga has a lot of size and power, which is a skill set that the Warriors have not typically had on their rosters. The Warriors have typically had finesse players and not guys like a Zach Randolph, for example. And that's what Kaminga is. He puts his head down and he can get to the hoop. He he can attack through contact. He can create shots. It remains to be seen how efficient he'll be. His free throw shooting is going to be very important. His defensive rotations and versatility are going to be very important for staying on the floor. But the upside is there. He does look to be like a project and be pretty raw, but I mean, come on. He's an 18-year-old. He came from the Congo at 13 and didn't see his family for four or five years until the draft. You know that this kid is motivated. He's got a lot to prove. He's saying all the right things. I think Kaminga is on the right track. Now, Moses Moody projects to be your typical 3 and D type player. He's got a nice wingspan. He's got a good stroke. Some interesting things that I saw from him in Summer League were his ability to rebound. Uh, he, and several times throughout several games, seemed to just be in the right place at the right time and grab an offensive board. And for a Warriors team that is typically ranks at the bottom of rebounding, having those extra possessions is absolutely critical. So if that can be a part of what Moody brings to the table every night, he's definitely going to get minutes in Steve Kerr's rotation for not only playing defense and hitting the open shot, but also generating additional possessions by rebounding. So those are the two rookies that the Warriors brought in. Let's also talk about free agents. So the Warriors, who did not use their... MLE, uh, much to the disappointment of many fans, but did, however, secure three very intriguing minimum level contracts with the names of Otto Porter Jr., Nemanja Bialica, and the return of Andre Iguodala. I think that these three signings were critical for the Warriors' success this season. You've got three guys who can shoot the ball. Uh, Otto Porter Jr., who has not been healthy for two or three years, if healthy, could be a difference maker for this team. Steve Kerr is talking about playing him at the four because he has a lot of size. I think that is going to be very interesting to watch and see how that develops. But when you look at where the Warriors have struggled in recent years with the absence of Klay Thompson, it's really been on offense and with spacing and, and generating points and not having Curry to go against the world every night, who is more than capable, as we saw last season, but 
it's not a sustainable strategy and it doesn't always work down the stretch when you need to win games. So I think that this Warriors offense is going to be close to or show resemblances of the teams that had the Kevin Durant. Uh, You could look at the 73 win season with Harrison Barnes. But when you put shooting on the floor, a lot of space opens up. And I mean, that's what that's what we really want for Curry. So I think that these were some great free agent signings. Again, you know, Otto Porter Jr., he needs to be healthy. He says he's healthy. We'll see what type of workload he plays. But we know that he's a proven wing defender who's at the later stages of his career. He doesn't need the ball in his hands. He can really do a little bit of everything. Um, So I think that he's a great addition to this team. Nemanja Bielitsa is your typical stretch four, five, four and a half ish <laughs> if you'll if you'll go as far as that and kind of gives you something like Maurice Spates did for the Warriors back in their back in their championship runs which is something that we've missed instant offense off the bench and you know he did not look that great in Miami after being traded from Sacramento but I think that there's an opportunity for him, especially with James Wiseman still not ready to play, who ha- who actually does not yet have a timetable to return. And per Anthony Slater was last reported to run to be running at roughly 50 or 60 percent, and he still has not been cleared for full jumping. So. I think Wiseman's going to be brought along slowly, which is good, but there's going to be this committee by approach at the center position. I think Draymond Green's going to play a lot of five. You've got Kevon Looney. You've got Bielitsa. Uh, you've got Juan Toscano-Anderson. So it's not just going to be a few guys. It's really going to be a variety, a varied approach, depending on the matchups for the night. But you can probably expect that it's going to be Draymond Green playing the five down the stretch. Um, we'll see. I think Bielitsa has a great opportunity here. Again, another minimum contract signing. So there's not a lot of risk in this deal. Uh, yeah, and then let's talk about the last free agent signing, the return of Andre Iguodala. So a lot of people were upset when the Warriors traded Iguodala after Clay Thompson went, after Clay Thompson got hurt and Durant left. And rightfully so. I mean, he really was the represent, he really represented the shift in culture and attitude for this franchise when you go back to the early mark jackson years of this team and what it meant for the warriors who were always trying to get big free agent signings but never things never just fell into place and so that deal to bring over iguodala to the warriors represented hope it represented kind of this cultural shift that the warriors weren't just a stepping stone kind of team 
a fringe playoff team in the Western Conference, they were potentially a force to be reckoned with. And Iguodala is an incredibly savvy player, whether he's playing 10 minutes, 20 minutes, or just riding the bench, he has something to offer for this team. And the fans love him. Uh, you know that Steph Curry and Draymond Green like having him around. So uh, Draymond Green was reported to have said he likes to not have to be the old head now. Um, so I just think that this brings another veteran, another guy in the locker room, another guy to mentor these young players. And we'll see what he can do on the floor. Apparently, he still has a lot left in the tank. Um, he has said this is going to be his final season. So um, I think this was kind of a no-brainer signing, regardless of how productive he is on the court. It gives you an option um, for someone to come off the bench and handle the ball. He's hit big shots in his career, although his numbers have you know, continually to trend down as he's gotten older, as it's expected. So I think that there is a lot to like there, and it'll be interesting to see how game-ready he is, how rusty he is, and how much he can contribute, or if he really ends up kind of just being a piece or an ace up the sleeve to use in the playoffs for the revamped death lineup. <laughs> All right, so that covers our summer additions for the Golden State Warriors. Uh, and I know I hinted a little bit at this, but let's just do a quick injury update status report. So uh, Clay Thompson, as we all know, has been out after um, the Achilles injury, and he's targeting a return in January, so the franchise says. Uh, he is working through non-contact non practices, um, but he's still a waste away. And I think it goes... I think it's safe to say that what we can expect from Clay Thompson if he does return in January is an immediate boost to the offense. Um, a, sh a shooter can shoot. I think that it's safe to say that he's going to be a knockdown shooter as he was before. He never was some type of explosive type of player offensively. So I feel like offensively he's going to be right back where he was. I think the real question is on defense, right? How he's able to rotate, how he's able to defend, because that is what arguably made him such an important piece to this franchise. You've got Steph Curry, who, while he isn't necessarily the worst defender, he's definitely not, defense isn't necessarily one of his strengths. So having Klay Thompson there in the backcourt next to Steph Curry as your primary defender on the likes of your James Hardens, your Damian Lillards, etc., freed up Curry to not have to be the point of attack and really enabled this Warriors team to flourish, as we saw with the five consecutive trips to the finals. So we'll be ready for when Klay Thompson re returns. It's been way too long. The NBA has missed him, and it'll be interesting to see what happens. I think at the very least we're going to have a great three-point shooter 
even if he's only at 50-60%. And hopefully by the time we make it to the playoffs, he's looking more like his pre-injury self. And if that's the case, I think the sky's the limit for this team. So um, that was Clay Thompson. Let's talk about James Wiseman. So Wiseman had the meniscus tear, and he is currently has no timetable to return. Um, he's running at about 50 to 60% and hasn't been cleared to fully jump yet. So he's they're going to take their time in bringing back Wiseman, rightfully so. Uh, I think Wiseman is still quite a project, but I don't think we can write him off quite yet. He had a very difficult and challenging rookie season. So let's give this guy a chance. I think we haven't really seen what he can do. He showed some great flashes. He showed a lot of holes. Uh, I think last season was not the time for him to be starting, and he was, and so let's give him a chance to be in the right opportunity and develop, and who knows where he'll be. <laughs> So what does this mean for the Warriors now? Looking at their looking up to their first preseason game tonight without Clay Thompson and without James Wiseman. Well, first and foremost, Kevon Looney is your only true center on this team. So they're gonna be playing small. Rebounding is gonna be important. Protecting the paint is gonna be an important play, but I think that when you look at what the Warriors did last year without Wiseman and Klay Thompson, towards the end of the season, that small ball lineup is when they were at their best, and historically, it's been their best lineups on the floor to close out games without a true center. So I think that while we're probably going to struggle against the likes of uh, Nikola Jokic, Rudy Gobert, Drummond, Joel Embiid-esque players. The hope is that offensively, with all of this space that will be created by the new additions of Otto Porter Jr. and Amanja Bielitsa, as we already discussed, that hopefully you can counter that lack of size on defense. So rotations at the five are going to be important. You know that Draymond Green's going to likely be closing out games there. I think Juan Toscano Anderson is in a great spot and he's going to need to take a big step forward this year. If he can continue to shoot the three, that's going to be great. And also, again, without Clay Thompson, the wing rotation is going to be interesting as well. So uh, one person in particular that I really want to talk about is Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole's got a great opportunity coming into this season. He showed a lot of flashes and showed a lot of promise at various times of the season last year, uh, being able to handle the ball, create his own shot, hit threes, get to the rim, finish at the free throw line. Um, he's yet to show a lot of ability uh, defensively. However, the efforts there, Steve Kerr's been challenging him in this offseason to be a better defender, 
Uh, as of now, it looks like Jordan Poole will be the starting two guard in the backcourt for tonight's game against Portland. We'll see if that trend continues. I think a big part of that is going to be defense. You can't have two. You can't have your point guard and shooting guard both be liabilities on defense. Uh, just look at the Portland Trailblazers and their challenges with making it deep into the postseason with Lillard and McCollum. Um, at the end of the day, you know, defense wins championships. That's been Steve Kerr's calling card for quite some time. So assuming Jordan Poole can continue to build on the offensive talents he showcased for us last season while also being able to step up defensively and at least make the right rotations, make the right plays, keep his man in front. If he doesn't get burned, that's going to be a plus. Um, that's going to be really important for this team, and that's going to really enable the next level of play for the Warriors for this season. All right, and with that, we're going to end it there on that note. Hope you guys enjoyed this little off-season recap and intro into tonight's preseason game, and be back soon for more news and updates on the Golden State Warriors.